I think we're ready uh, to lay this first track down. One, two, three, four. Put my pants on, just like the rest of you, one leg at a time. Except once my pants are on, I make gold records. Babies, before we're done here, y'all be wearing gold-plated diapers. Hey guys, welcome back to the Let's Be Honest podcast. I'm Dave Wynn. I uh, just want to give you a heads up. I know with all the craziness going on in the world right now, uh, Logan and Heath and myself just wanted to reassure everybody, hey, we've got some great guests that we've already interviewed, so no change of, of rollouts for us in the Let's Be Honest podcast. Uh, a lot of great guests coming up, all kinds of different backgrounds and life stories, and today's no different. Today we've got Clint Hill, Clinton Kelsey were our guests yesterday at Jinx Church, and if you watch that or were present for that, you know uh, what a blessing they are and, and what a cool story they have. So today we get to dive a little deeper into Clint's story and as he goes through the Honest Eight with us. Um, do want to give you a little bit of a heads up. It, it has some... Uh, heavier topics, uh, just because that's his story, and so wanted to wanted to give you a heads up. But we also have a lot of fun and uh, have some great stories in his answers to the honest eight. So check it out. We know you'll enjoy it, and then make sure and follow their journey uh, on the links that we'll provide in the comments. All right, here it is. Enjoy. All right, so welcome back to the Let's Be Honest podcast. I'm uh, Logan Glover, the youth minister at Jinx Church. With me today is Heath Agnew. Yo. Dave Wynn. Hey, hey. And our guest today, Clint Hill. Hello. Clint is the evangelism minister at the park here in Tulsa, and he's got some exciting new stuff on the horizon, and so that's why we brought him in. We think that uh, you need to hear his story and get to know a little bit about this man that God is using to do some pretty cool stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, so, we're excited uh, to have you today. Thanks, Appreciate guys. It. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So, uh, Clint, we're not going to uh, to waste any more time. We're going to just jump right in. So, Heath has question number one of our Honest Eight. These are the eight questions that we ask everybody, and uh, don't screw it up. Are you are you uh, are you ready to sweat bullets? Let's do it. Okay. All right. All right. First question is uh, is pretty broad. Okay, so you can go as much into it. Actually, you have to go. You have to go full into it. Okay. We, want, we want to know. We want yeah. you to be honest. Not, yeah. What What was your journey like to get to where you're at today? Man. How did you get into ministry? How did all that come about? Well, my my journey in ministry is pretty. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's unique to me. You yeah. Know? Uh, I um, I and I guess you got to go all the way back to when I was four years old. Um, oh, so you're going way back. Yeah, way back. Okay. Uh, my first memory is not a very pleasant one. Okay. Uh, I was abused uh, repeatedly as a kid. Uh, I grew up in a boys' ranch, um, and uh, I was a house kid in the boys' ranch, so the boys' ranchers kind of had a, um, a thing out for the house kid, I think. But, uh, uh, but you know, uh, there was one boy that uh, got to be friends with my dad and everything, and he repeatedly abused me. Um uh, it didn't come out till I was about seven years old. Uh, around eight years old, I tried to kill my mom and my sister, and then I was put in a home at ten. So how and do you how do you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, we can't so, we can't yeah. just glaze over that yeah. without an explanation. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't really remember a lot. Yeah. I just remember it was going to. It was worse. It was so bad that I went to a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist. Uh, a solution to it was be institutionalized. I mean, and I suspect, of course, you were dealing with a lot of trauma. I was. I mean, yes. uh, you know, stuff yeah. like that just I doesn't was, happen. I was sexually abused as a kid from time repeatedly from the time I was four to the time I was about nine, oh, uh, and then um, and then it carried on uh, into uh, once when I was fifteen, once when I was eighteen, once when I was nineteen. Um, 
when I was 19, I was roofied by a guy uh, when I was a comedian. And it, it, yeah. And so, wow. so we just, I just had this long story of abuse and hurt in my life. And, um, and when I was in the home, uh, I was around eight or nine years old. I made the conscious decision. There was no God. Okay. And, uh, it couldn't uh, be. Is yeah. What, is that I said, if, if God, obviously God's turned his back on me. There's a guy in the home too. Um, he, his, his word of advice to me, uh, he was, I don't remember how old he was. He, he, he was like, I thought he was like 18, but it could have been 12. You yeah. Know? Sure. As a kid, yeah. You, you get lost. <laughs> and, um, and the guy said, lie, lie. If you want to get through this. And so I learned at a very early age how to lie. I learned at a very early age what to lie on. And I learned at a very early age what people wanted to hear. Okay. And so I got to be really good at, uh, at being a chameleon. Um, and so it was kind of like Halloween every day for me. Yeah. Every day was a different mask. Every day was a different thing. I was able to blend in with all sorts of different people. One, I'm a people person. That helps. And but two is because uh, that's what you wanted me to be, so I can be that. So, so essentially, this yeah. became second nature. Oh, it's yeah. just something that you just naturally yeah. did, learning yeah. to hide in plain sight. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, and uh, and I didn't talk about my abuse at all. Um, I mean, I was very. I went to drugs. I mean, I tried drugs when I was like uh, the first one was four twenty when Columbine happened. It was the day of Columbine, so like ninety eight or ninety nine or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I had uh, I, I did drugs on that day, and then um, I went to school a lot. Um, hide, but I was really good to hide it. Um, people didn't call me out, uh, and so um, but I was really and I would I would hide it with with uh, with drugs and alcohol. And then I moved out of the house when I was very very early on. Um, I graduated early, around seventeen is when I graduated. Um, and then I moved out of the house and I got a job working. Um, working uh, with, uh, uh, it was a pr- paying acting gig called uh, Texas, the musical drama. Uh, there I was a ballet guy, believe it or not. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I didn't know that yeah. there was a Texas. Yeah. I knew that there was an Oklahoma. Like yeah. that one's kind of famous. I don't yeah. know. I'm from Texas yeah. and I haven't even heard of it. It's uh, in Paladero Canyon. It's oh, actually, it's one in the canyon. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been to so, that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. You've I, seen it? It's like a big outdoor amphitheater. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I've been to that. Yeah. Well, I feel so, left yeah. out, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. I did. Think, <laughs> when were you there? Uh, 2002, <laughs> one and two. Yeah. Could you watch that show? Is I was in 2000. Oh, I was in the year before. Yeah, that's close. crazy. Yeah, so I was a, <laughs> so you were a ballet what a dancer. Random thing. I, I was a dancer. You were a dancer. I, yeah, I had. Uh, I mean, he's I offended that you would imply no, ballet. No, no, I, I, I went to ballet. I went to ballet classes. He did. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> I got paid to do it. You know, so I was a professional dancer. Whatever. No, on your resume, it's just like professional dancer. Helps out with those ministry applications. Super professional dancer. Those are the hard hitting. Uh, questions I just want to know. Oh man, that's my good. minor in ribbon dancing. <laughs> it was okay. All right, sorry. sorry. Continue. No, sorry. Proceed. no, you're good. And uh, but I, you know, I moved out when I was uh, around 17. Uh, I got an acting gig, and I did a hundred and like 38 or 40 performances with them. And then I traveled the country and did stand up, and uh, and that's where when I was 19 in Charleston, South Carolina, um, I. Uh, uh, well, I'm sorry. When I, yeah, well, I was like 19. I went to Charleston, South Carolina, and a guy did a show with me, and then he roofied me, and and then I remember waking up the next morning, uh, in in there and going, ugh, this is this is rock bottom. This is what what rock bottom is. And I and you think that would have uh, that would have 
spurred me to change, but didn't. I actually went further down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I went all the way to L.A. <clears throat> I got on three shows in L.A. I got on, uh, it was, and there were minor roles. Uh, it sounds a lot more impressive than it was. Um, but uh, I got a casting job for Will and Grace. Oh, yeah. A casting job for ER and a casting show called Blind Date. And um, the I day, remember Blind Date. Yeah, it was, a terrible, sounds it was a familiar. terrible show. <laughs> it, was like, it was like Maury before Maury. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but anyway, I, I, you know, I, I got casted for all those, those gigs. A guy saw my show. He liked the show. Um, and uh, on the day of taping, which taping was pretty, um, I, just, I just got blitzed. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't go to taping. Mm. And uh, I missed I missed all of those those shots. And I remember calling my dad. And which show was that that you? All of them. All of I them. I missed all the tapings. Oh no, wow! Yeah. And uh, so my career was pretty much done after that. Yeah. Um, because I tanked it. And um, I called my dad after that, and uh, it was it was just a series. And I was in uh, Beverly uh, Beverly Hills on Rodeo Boulevard. There's a Burger King uh, right there. And um, I was in front of the Burger King, and I saw a half-eaten Whopper, and I ate it because I was hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. You don't have money for food or rent or clothes or to take care of you, but you always had money for drugs and alcohol. You know, it was always yeah. money yeah. for that. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, um, and I remember calling him and just going, I want to come home. And um, I tried all the acting, modeling, all that stuff. didn't work. And um, he, said, uh, he said, yeah, come home. And uh, I was doing online school, or just kind of, it wasn't, it was kind of online school before online school. They let me go abroad, they let me do whatever I needed to do, and then I could come back to the school. It was in Snyder, Texas, so I went and finished out that semester. And then uh, I got a job on the railroad. My, my family's railroaders, my grandma was actually the first woman dispatcher in America. Oh, okay. So wow. it goes back way, my, my roots go back in, into railroading. And uh, so I got a job on the railroad all the time there, and I was an atheist. And... Um, then we, uh, we went to, um, I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico on the railroad, and I met, um, I started going to churches then. Uh, mostly, mostly I went to churches to make Christian girls slip up. Uh, really? I found out they were the easiest to, hmm. to I mean, you know, they, they just were. And, um, and I, was, I was to the point of my, the person I was then is not the person I am today, obviously, but I was a terrible person. <clears throat> um, so you, when you say that... Uh, Christian girls is it easy to manipulate? Is oh, yeah. that yeah yeah? Okay. The, once once mostly Christian girls found out though that I didn't believe in God, I mm-hmm. became a project. Yeah, and I was easy, and I was a better liar and manipulator than them. Mm-hmm. That's what it boiled yeah. down to, and I could get them to do whatever I wanted, and that's usually the case of what happened. Yeah. And um, and then I met a guy uh, when I was uh, when I was seventeen. I went to once or two semesters at Eastern New Mexico University. I met a guy. Uh, named Dave Ortega, that ended up, um, he became my friend. And we jo- we were in the same fraternity. Um, he quit the fraternity because he became a believer. I actually c- cussed him out and treated him like dirt. Um, and But we always, uh, we stayed in touch. I remember ending up on his doorstep one day, and I was, I was drunk. And mm-hmm. I ended up on his doorstep, and I talked about God a lot. That didn't change me, mm-hmm. uh, that conversation. But it was a open door. And for some strange reason, Dave was always a guy... That was constant in my life. Um, uh, two guys like that. Another guy named Alan and, and Dave. But but Dave was the guy that, when things got bad... True call, friend. He was, a, he was a true friend. Yeah. And um, and he talked me into going to a 
campus retreat. I was I was professional. I wasn't campus, but I said these people are my age. Um, I was very reluctant to go, but I went. And uh, I went with uh, another girl, and we ended up uh, going to a casino before the church retreat. Of course, of course, yeah. yeah. It I was kind of like we got to get our sinning out beforehand, you know, and and ended up going. But that was the retreat that I switched from being an atheist to an agnostic. Uh, that was one where I realized maybe there is a God. Maybe there is something to this. So do you think um, that you wanted to go on that retreat because you were desperate yeah. for a change? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I Even though I would never admit that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'll admit that now. A, gape, then, a gaping hole. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was hungry for friendship. I was hungry for, for, um, I was hungry for just, just true relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I actually got to have a conversation with uh, our church brought in Lee Strobel, the guy who wrote, like, yeah. Case for Christ and all that. And... Uh, and he found out as an atheist, and he said, so what's one fact that brought you around? I said, it wasn't a fact. It was people that brought me around. It was true relationship with yeah. people. You could throw facts at me all you wanted. You know, you know, yeah. God created the earth in six days. And I was like, I don't care about that. I don't believe in God. You know, it was, yeah, like, yeah. I didn't, it was, it was just a different, he was on a totally different platform if you brought those, yeah. those facts to me. So I wasn't even ready for that. But I couldn't deny people being in my life that truly cared about me. And I had a lot of bad experiences with church. I remember Dave talked to me into going to church um, when we were in, in college the first time around. I was around 17 or 18. Um, they wanted to go to this like class to where they were going to join the church, and I went I went with them. I was really like, okay, you know, we'll see what it is. Um, I liked Dave. I liked, I liked uh, that group of friends. We went, and the church was uh, one of those speaking tongues churches, and oh. they said the evidence of Christ is to speak in tongues. They started screaming at me to speak in tongues, um, and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, like know. spiritual gift boot camp. <laughs> yeah, it was like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't productive, and ended up run, making me just like that was actually really. But he just this just that <laughs> so. statement alone. It's like it wasn't productive. <laughs> yeah. it wasn't. I mean, yeah. Understatement of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and, so this was non-productive. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, it did get me thinking that uh, that Christians were kooks is what it got yeah. me thinking. If, yeah, and I was just like, you know, this is what they believe. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. And I, I, you know, people ask, well, those people are believers. That's not my job to say yes or no to that. My job is to say I can say that they were not effectively reaching people how they needed to be reached. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which has spurred me today. Um, but anyway, um, I was on the railroad. Um, I got into a couple terrible relationships with that, uh, and on, on the railroad, um, uh, two, uh, two really bad ones ended up, uh, really hitting rock bottom on the railroad. Um, and then I started going to church for the first time. I read a whole bunch of books from that retreat. Uh, I said, if there's a God, I got to figure out who he is. Yeah. And so I read the book of Quran. I read Buddha's writings, not all Buddha's writings, but just, uh, probably the essence of Buddha. I read probably half. Uh, read the Hindu scriptures, um, most of them. Those are jacked, and um, <laughs> they are, they're just nuts. But I noticed everything about religion had something to say about Jesus, yeah. and they would say that he was either a good teacher, or a good prophet, or he was a god. And I was like, well, what is what's what does Jesus say about Jesus? And yeah. I started reading the Gospels of what Jesus says about him. It's a great place to start. And, and uh, Jesus says he's God. And if he's God, he's not a good teacher. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. He's a good teacher. Well, he says he's God. Whoa, you're not God. Then he's not a good teacher. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very logical. A plus yeah. B has to equal C. Um, after I read the Gospels, I read Mere Christianity. And C.S. Lewis came to the exact same conclusion yeah. in that. 
And I was like, wow. And I was just, I was blown away by that. I was like, so maybe I'm a believer. Um, and then I got the call to ministry. Uh, I got, uh, I got this call and I thought I was like, you know, I, I, I was used to as a kid hearing voices and things in my head. That was mm-hmm. part of being abused that happened. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I was diagnosed as a schiz when I was a kid. Um, you know, and so I was like, ah, this is, then I'm hearing voices and feeling urges again. I'm like, I need to shut up about this. And it led me into lying again. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just yeah. like, this isn't happening. Yeah. So, Too far. <laughs> no but thanks. I was, I was like, it was one of those things. It was like, I was called into ministry three times. And the last time I was like, I have to do this. And I can't, I can't explain why. Um, and so I went to school at Eastern New Mexico University, which is every great religion student should go. <laughs> I mean, no, it, but the, my, my grades were terrible from my first go around in college, mm-hmm. and they were really the only college that would accept me. But also, it was a God thing because the people that I went on the retreat with was from Eastern New Mexico University. Oh, okay. Um, a year before then, um, I did my last comedy show at Eastern, and these people I got a relationship with, and they were really cool. Um, and then the next year I went to school and people would come up to me at school and be like, you were the guy who did the comedy thing. I'm like, yeah, thought I'd finished my degree, you know, comedy didn't work yeah. out, you know, and, and um, but, and so I, I went to school, uh, my first class, um, so this was after railroad and, and everything. My first class was, um, was over Acts and we went over Acts chapter two. This is all God thing. Um. And it talked about repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins mm-hmm. and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, wow, okay, what is that? And I remember going to my teacher, and I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's where the Holy Spirit reigns in you. And I was like, okay, what does baptism mean? And it was one of those things in class. He was like, this guy legitimately has questions. I wasn't, I mean, I went to church, but I didn't listen to the stories. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, I mean, I, one of my classes were, was it's okay to say the Lord's name in vain, like GD, because uh, you're just saying words. That was a Bible class growing up in a small town in New Mexico. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's doing it anymore. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think. <laughs> At least I hope not, you know. And, uh, and I walked away going, wow, man, this is, this is not, you know, um, this is different. This is, you know, and, and, um, so Scott, the guy in the, the guy who, who it's Scott Jarvis is the, my campus minister first time around. And I had legit questions. And that afternoon he was like, you want to be baptized? And I was like, yes. So on September 5th, 2005, I was baptized, um, by actually Dave Ortega, the guy who, uh, uh, so right. I went to Dave's office. I was like, Hey man, I didn't talk to you. And he was a graphic designer for Eastern at that time. He's very talented. Um, and all that. And he was like, Hey, but I'm really busy. Uh, mm-hmm. he was like, can, can you come back? And I was like, yeah, I'll come back. He was like, what did you need first? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, well, I'm going to be baptized and I'd really like it if, if you would do it. Yeah. And he was like, let's go. And so yeah. he dropped everything, <laughs> yeah. even though he's really busy. And I that, suspect that was really special for him. Oh man, it was special. It came full circle for him. Yeah. You know? I don't know how many people Dave has baptized, <laughs> but I know he baptized me mm-hmm. and and it was because of his friendship, true yeah. friendship, that really came around. How old were and you then? I was 23. Okay. And um, and then I met Kelsey, my wife. I met her a week after. And, uh, and we hit it off, man. She was amazing. Uh, she was, she. if you've ever seen my wife, she's the most beautiful woman ever. I mean, she is like, you look, I, I, when she walked into the room, I was, I was, I was taken away. And the guy who was with me said, don't tr- get your hopes up. All of us have tried to date her. She has high standards. 
<laughs> she has high standards. Guess what? You're not going to make the cut. Yeah. I'm just being honest. And, uh, you got no shit. You. And so I actually lied to her to get on our first date. Yeah, boy. And, uh, That's the start of every great relationship. relationship. Yeah, right? So what is that? Is that called a meet cute? Is no, I, I said, you want to talk about ministry stuff? <laughs> and, uh, and I was in no shape or form to talk about ministry yeah. stuff at all. And so... We went to El Rancho restaurant, and she taught me how to burp because I didn't know how to do that. And That's a keeper. It was, man. It was. It was. I, I knew. So it was a productive ministry conversation. <laughs> well, th- when I, when he told me that she had that, she, you know, she has high standards. I told him, said, "I'm going to marry her." And Did I you really it. say yeah. it? Yeah. And I invited him to my wedding <laughs> with a special like, "You have a seat of honor, my friend," and uh, and he showed up. So you know, but like, it was one of those things where it's just like, man, I. Yeah, she was, um, and then after, I mean, this this tells you, because of her past and my past, we fell into sexual sin, like, week after, <laughs> I was newly baptized, she was a fairly new believer, mm-hmm. we fell right into this, and I'll never forget Scott Jarvis <laughs> coming up to me, and he was like, Clint, uh, I would like to talk to you about sexual immorality, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah let's do yeah. that, let's, yeah, have, that let's have that tag, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, what do you think sexual immorality is, and I said, well, I'm not doing anything gay, if that's what you mean. And he was like, "No, seriously, what do you think sexual immorality is?" I said, "That's that's what I think it is." So that was your yeah. that was your yeah. definition yeah. at yeah. the time. Yeah, I had, okay. no, I had no clue. <clears throat> and he was like, "Well, sex before marriage—that's homosexuality." I was like, "Define sex." You know, I was I was of the world. Yeah. You know, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, like, yeah. and he was like, "Well, okay." And so he defined it, and I was like, "Oh man," and I was mad. Was it like, "Oh man, that me. sucks"? Well, that's the thing that <laughs> churches don't do nowadays is they don't they don't define sin. You say sin's bad, yeah, and you're like, well, th- you're talking to people who are who have no clue or justification of or, or, or basis for any type of sin. Mm-hmm. So you're like, sin's bad, and you're like, okay, yeah, agreed. Well, I, th- I think <laughs> one of the bad so things bad. that a lot of churches do, <laughs> and, and this is along the same line of thought, is that we have a bad habit of talking to people like they've been in church their whole life. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I and, and so if, if somebody just walks through yeah. the door and you're and you're taking that approach, that's course not going to be very effective yeah well Well, i've heard that part of your story before and i and it's one of the parts i actually like the most because you you said i don't know if they heard the the mic caught it but you were mad because you were you felt like they should have told you ahead of time yeah like that's like that was like hidden from you yeah and and you felt like you didn't you didn't have a fair shake it like doing it the way that god wanted which i think is pretty powerful Yeah. yeah we well we've i've been a part of around a little over 200 baptisms now and the Every baptism that we go to, I let them know we define sin. We define what sexual morality is. We define what witchcraft is. We define because witchcraft, all it is, is manipulation. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah, I don't cast spells. Yeah, but you try to manipulate, and that's the same as witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So it's the exact same thing. You're trying to make the odds come in your favor, mm-hmm. and and you'll do that through alcohol. You'll do that through drugs. You'll do that. You'll do that through any way possible. And they go out and go, oh man. And you'll find people who are struggling with things and are, and are slaves to things that they didn't even know they were slaves to because you identified. And I think the most powerful thing about sin is when you talk about it, you introduce it like me. Uh, this is something I struggle with. Because when you're honest about your sins, people will be honest about theirs. Yeah. You know. And uh, I've had people say, did you hear what Clint said from the pulpit? You know, like, and are you mad that people are saying that? And I go, no, I said it from the pulpit for everyone to hear. You yeah. know, like, I mean, I'm not mad at that. It's not gossip if you're transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, ah. and so you know, and in in fact, people can use it for the glory of God. Then, right? And so, so yeah, and and so that led to you know me getting a degree. 
Um, I got a degree in uh, religious studies uh, from Bible from Eastern. Um, I also got a degree in Greek. I'm a Greek scholar. Uh, I got the Zondervan Greek Award in 2008. All right. Um, and uh, translated the whole New Testament. And uh, I love Greek. It's one of those things that came really, it fed my ADD. Uh, like, I don't know why, but it was just like Rain Man said, like, this all makes sense. You know? And, and like, like, we should be doing this now. You know? It's like, I loved, I loved it. And I had the best Greek teacher, um, grow, you know, in, in college. But, and then me and my wife then got to, we went to Corpus Christi. And um, started with the church there, uh, did campus ministry for a church. Um, the church had a church split, and I went and led the church split and uh, started a church plant there that's no longer there anymore. And a lot of, the th- a lot of those times were God taught me humility. I started out very prideful, very arrogant, um, going, this is what God wants, and, and I, let, I let justification and rightness get in the way of godliness. It'd and, be a dangerous thing. Yeah, and um, and so, uh, and we, it, it didn't, we left Corpus, we still have people we love very dearly there, I just felt like I did them wrong, um, because my heart was not in the right spot. I moved to Tulsa, um, we moved here because I, I had a dream to move here, um, and my wife verified the dream. Uh, we said, uh, we said that, uh, I, I said, you know, I feel like I need to move. Oh, I said, God, if you are wanting us to move to Tulsa after I had this dream, I said, God, burden my wife in prayer. Burden her in prayer. And I woke up that evening. It was around, I don't know, it was midnight or, or three, somewhere in between there. And I looked at my wife. She had her head between her legs. And uh, I said, what, what's wrong, Kels? And she's like, I'm burdened with prayer. Oh, and wow. Like, That's a weird choice of words. <laughs> you know? And I said, over what? And she said, about moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And she's like, what do you think God's telling us? And I said, I think he's telling us we need to move. So we moved up here. Neither of us had a job. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us, like, had um, any kind of income or anything. But we um, we trusted God. She got a job as a teacher. I got a job as a sales clerk at Drug Warehouse. And all throughout this time, I talked to people about Jesus. Um, I've always talked to people about Jesus. Jesus changed my life. And I, I, can't, I won't shut up about him. Yeah. And so at Drug Warehouse, we were having people become believers baptized and and they um the church park started really realizing that i went to park because i've I heard mitch and i was very impressed with mitch yeah. i love mitch and i had a friend that that came to park lynn stringfellow and 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 uh so we started coming to park and uh i was i uh i that uh, i was here uh, we moved in june and i didn't get the position at park until like october oh wow and and uh, Park then offered, when they offered me the job in October, I was speaking at a retreat in San Francisco, and I just remember, it was like right before I went on when I heard that I got the position, and I, he said, we're going to announce you as, you know, the campus minister at the park, and I was like, I need a minute. I just went to a closet, and I cried, <laughs> and I thanked God, because it's one of those things that's like, when you give God everything, and you have no money, I mean, bank is zero, Everything zero. You're living literally, and you realize that there's going to be like a light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That God is is truly going to provide when He needed to provide, and at the last possible second, <laughs> but it was, and and um, and he and when we got that, and I loved working. I've been at Park now for almost a decade, and I I've loved every second of it. And God's led us here. Um, part of my journey now is we're about to help lead church plants. Um, we're moving to St. Louis to learn how to lead a church plant effectively. Um, because reaching, you know, 
and there is there is definitely a cause and, and a need for this when you have an already established church of reaching people who have already been to church and getting them on the mission and going. Yes, that is needed. But there's also very much a need of people going, you're already going to heaven, and that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on the people that aren't. Yeah. And I'm going to do the things to get those people to come in and whatever it takes, you know. And um, and that's kind of been our mentality. We've kind of taken that in-game <laughs> approach, you know, yeah. of like whatever it takes. Yeah. And we want to do whatever it takes for God to use us. And God opened up these doors, and all we've been doing is stepping through them. So that's kind of our journey uh, today. And, you know, I, I love how God has He's just shown up. Yeah. He's just shown up. Yeah. kept showing up. So yeah. That's really awesome. Thank you. It's a great story. It's a great story. <laughs> yeah. none, none of us even said anything. We're just like, yeah. just keep saying what you're yeah. saying. That's, yeah. that's it. You're doing it. You're doing it better than we could do it. That's it. So I'm on to question two now for you. Okay. Um, but I'm going to ask you a pointed question. Okay. So I'm going to go off script a little bit. Okay. Will you tell us the railroad story uh, with the uh, the middle of the night? The, the I don't want to give it away. The the old lady? No, the one with the with the the ghost. The cat. Oh, the cat. The fact that there's three. The ghost. <laughs> the only the cat and the ghost. The old lady. Like, I feel like this is a joke somewhere. It is. It's really well. So the question we usually ask is, what's something crazy that you've seen happen in your, <laughs> yeah. in, in the, I just really okay. think oh, the so story. Oh, so that doesn't go quite off script. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it stays but I, but I wanted, It's just narrowing it in, not, right. not really yeah. giving okay. him the option. Well, okay, so. yeah. All right. Well, Tell us that crazy one. one. Okay, the, the, the big cat one, which, okay, I could talk about. It's a funny story. It's a... I'll tell, you, I'll tell you both. Those are both the ghost one and the cat yeah. one. So the cat one, uh, <laughs> the cat one, we had a hot box detector on the railroad, which means you have to literally get out of the train and go check an axle to see if it's hot. And the axle on the train is what, you know, cars on and everything. So we had a hot box detector, so I had to go check the train. So I walked all the way back to the train. And I was back there, and I was alone. It's pitch black. Uh, I think I had a, I was dipping at this time to try to get away from smoking, which ended up doing dipping and smoking. Which yeah, been there, ask, done that. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those bad things. But I was back there, and I heard a guy say, uh, you need to go dark, which means turn off your light. Mm-hmm. I was like, why do I need to go dark? He said, There's a, and he said, I'll call you on your phone. So he called me on my cell phone, and, uh, and he said, ah, there's a mountain lion up here. It's a cougar. You need to. <laughs> it's a cougar. I was like, I said, you're messing with me. He said, you need to walk the train. And I was like, well, and that means you get on top of the train and walk the train. And I was like, what? <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, there's a cougar up here. And he said, I think there's a couple of them. You need to get up here. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I literally <laughs> walked the train all the way up. And uh, then I got up there. And uh, it was like that part. I don't know if anything was chasing me, but in my mind, something yeah, was, totally. it was like the part in Jurassic Park where the Velociraptor is chasing the girl Ooh. through the electron. That's the only thing. That yes. So I remember like getting to the last thing and going and like, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was just, I was so scared. I was so scared. And uh, you just hear your heart beat out of your chest. It's like, am I getting hazard pay for this? <laughs> yeah, no, no, we did. Yeah, we did everything off books, so we didn't like. <laughs> we didn't have to report that one. But uh, so that's a cougar one. Uh, the ghost one. Uh, there is a old lady mm-hmm. that supposedly haunts um, the main line in Albuquerque. Okay. Uh, and I was, I was, man, I, I was an atheist at this time. I didn't believe in spirits or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, whatever. And um, I still think it was more of a demon than a ghost now. I really do. But anyway, uh, I saw this old lady, and she had no chin. I told you this, haven't I? Mm-mm. No? No, I don't know. Uh, 
she had no chin and her tongue was hanging out. Time, time out. Yeah. Time out. Oh, I know. Time out. Time out. So where where exactly? I was standing. Um, there's a spot in the train yard in Albuquerque. Um, oh man, I can't. Remember. I know it's Cesar Chavez and Martin Luther King Boulevard where they meet, and this was half a mile from there. So I was south about half a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main line was right there. Uh, and the main line, when you're going into a switch, you'd kind of switch it out. And so I was standing at the main line because our guys went up to, to an industry to drop off some cars. So I was sitting there alone mm-hmm. at the main line switch because you got to watch the main line so another train doesn't come in and run into your people because that's death. And so you don't want to do that. That doesn't work out. It doesn't, right. usually doesn't. Less effective. And so I saw this, like, old lady walking, <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? And she had no chin and a long tongue. And I was, I was like, well, and it kept getting closer to me and closer to me and closer to me. It freaked me out. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm closing up the main line. They're like, no, we're about to go to lunch. We're about to get there. I'm, like, I'm closing up the main line. <laughs> we're closing, <laughs> closing the main line. So I closed the main line. Mayday. And you guys were like, I mean, they're they maybe a quarter of a mile up. And I was in full railroad guard. I was in overalls. And I had my keys. And I had everything. And I sprinted to the truck. Is this sprinted. nighttime? Daytime? This is nighttime. Nighttime. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And so, and I was sprinting to the to the train to the engine. So we got to the engine, and they decided we're just going to call it a day. So we went to go eat lunch, and we were eating lunch in the shanty. And this part, that's the coolest part, I think, is um, I didn't say much, and I was white, like I was like like color drained out of my face. I was very like you're quiet. Ter- you were terrified. I was. Did I you was get very... that like numb feeling over yeah. your body because you just yeah, so it, was just like, yeah. it felt like an out of body. Like, did that really happen or anything? And this guy named Cookie came up to me on, on the road and I had a Whataburger. It was a double Whataburger sitting in front of me. I hadn't eaten. I was just staring at it. And he came up to me and he grabbed the back of it. He just put his hand on my shoulder and he said, don't worry, son, I've seen her too. Oh, and that's, the part, that's, the part, that's the part I was like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was one of the craziest. I still think, I, I think it was a demon. I think those are demons. Yeah. I don't think, you know, because... But you know atheist, you saw what you saw. Yeah, as an atheist, you see something like that, and you're like, that challenges, <laughs> challenges what I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what I believe, but there's something. Yeah, there's something. This goes know. against everything. So, and it happened to be right at the time I did go on the retreat, and so there's a lot of things that I think God was using yeah. for all things for his glory. Now, I don't, you know, I've had people in church ask me if ghosts exist. I, I don't think so. I think they're demons is what yeah. I think, you know, yeah. and I think that was that was it. So that was one of the craziest things that ever happened. That, that's day. pretty wild, especially the guy talked to. Okay, <laughs> no okay man. <laughs> saying that every time, and <laughs> it's always funny. So uh, He automatically knew. Yeah, he did. Well, I think when you look like that, you know, you obviously can tell, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah. something really scared Some, you. Something happened. He was on that job. I bet it was that. Mm-hmm. And so. All right, question number three. Uh, so you've come a long way. Uh, Anybody that's heard the podcast to this point knows your story, all that. But you are active in churches now. Sure. Uh, you've you've had speaking opportunities, mm-hmm. I'm sure, all over different churches, things. So one of the things I like to always ask, because uh, I'm very observant when I go to other churches, sure. you know, just evaluating, not in a judgmental way, just trying to pick up pointers, right? Yeah. So what's the best thing you've ever seen a church do? Could be one you worked at, could be one you visit. Big or small? What's just something super cool that you've uh, you've picked up over the years that, that you've seen other churches do? That's a good good question. I think there's two. One is the park. Uh, they offer a it's a free store. It's a free store, a clothing store. 
Oh, cool. And and I mean, and it's nice clothes. It's like clothes that are like I wish I could wear. I was that size. Yeah. You know, and and anyone comes in, they are, they're just like the ladies that work there are just so giving. It's incredible to see the the when they come in and and they'll come in on their off days to help people. Those ladies. I've just been so impressed with of how their servant heart, but then like when someone walks in, they're like, I need a shirt. They'll walk out with like six shirts, you know? And just, you see the look on their face of like, wow, we provided a legit need. Yeah. You know, moms that, that needed school uh, clothes for school can walk out with their kids and they have school clothes for not only like fall, but winter. That's fantastic. It's really cool. So is this just stuff donated by church members, community, all the above? All the above. And so we've had people pretty on a regular basis come in with black trash bowls full of clothes, and these ladies every week just go through it and, and do it. And that's, that's one of the awesome. coolest ministries yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, very cool. The second coolest thing, um, and I think they're both equal uh, in, in the amount of need, uh, the Crossing Church up in St. Louis does a ministry called Rama's Weeping, and it's a ministry for people who, are, who have had or been a part of abortions. Hmm. And they say, and you know, and they give those people hope that's so needed. Because even, if, you know, even if you've been a part of that, and you you would say, yeah, it's my choice, whatever. You still have guilt, yeah. and everything that comes along with it, and it helps those needs. And so that's a that's a ministry they do. And then I'll throw this one as a third one. Uh, there's a um, ministry called he, um, Wounded Heart, and it's a, a ministry that's truly helped me. And it's called. Uh, it is. Uh, for adult victims of childhood sexual trauma mm-hmm. yeah. and and help me process some of those things I went through as a kid that I'm like, oh, I'm not, you know, like <laughs> I went up to my wife and one of the biggest things I got from was like, I'm not a monster. You, you know, I'm not a monster because I, you know, I like sex. I'm, I'm just a man. Yeah. That was like, and, and a lot of guys like, well, yeah, but to me for most of my life, I thought I was a monster. Because of you know yeah. that well, and your life experience so, is totally different yeah. than lo- most people, and yeah. so it was it was a very big like aha thing. Yeah, and so yeah, and what I think is so cool about both of those uh, ministries are those are conversations that we all struggle to have. Yeah, like, like it doesn't matter how good intention like churches don't deal with talking to people about abortion, whether they chose to have it, whether they you know, yeah. just that whole conversation is so. So volatile, you, we we don't do a good job, yeah. and so to know there's groups and organizations out there that are being very intentional yeah. in pursuing that, or the abuse standpoint, and and having that, and making people, uh, making an environment where people can can just feel safe to talk about it, to share, to process, uh, just a tremendous healing Pretty thing. Neat. Really, really cool. need for that. Really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. So, Clint. Now, speaking of safe environments, this is a safe place. Okay. It's a place that we want you... No one's going to hear this. ...to be able to... <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 That's not what I mean. I mean, whoa. like, you know, safe spot. No, you know. Nobody, nobody <laughs> listens. <laughs> you, can say whatever, you can say whatever you want in the woods, too. <laughs> really pay attention That's to our podcast. And we're glad, we're glad Clint was able to come on here today. Uh, <laughs> listeners, see you later next week. Okay, go, go, when we get somebody that's actually good. <laughs> Logan, proceed, oh, oh. Logan, proceed oh. with yeah, question four. <laughs> All right, so uh, you go to a lot of churches. You okay. see a lot of different denominations, a lot of different uh, states, and you know, you've been around a lot of different things. You get asked to speak. I know you've spoken at some of my stuff in different states, and, and that's been cool. Uh, but when you go into another church, into another service, into a, what is something that 
is a pet peeve, really drives you nuts. Um, mm-hmm. Some stuff that churches do, maybe either in principle or on the production side, or just is there anything that, that really grinds your gears? You know, there's some things that could be funny, like, oh, it's ridiculous, or it may just be like, man, that's not cool. Yeah. You know, shouldn't right. have done that. Like, you probably don't need to, to have fire when I open the doors. You know, like, that's yeah. too, it's too much. It's scary. <laughs> too much, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my biggest pet peeve is when people, and I mean, in uh, like, first impressions... <laughs> Or, like, after I get to know them. Uh, either, either one. Maybe okay. both, you know. Just Well, first impressions is when you are, when you're smiling through your pain, you know. Like, you know, and churches teach us, too. Like, like you know, like, the greeter, like, you can't show that, you know, you're, you're sad. Or you yeah. can't show that you've had a hard week or anything like that. And that person's clearly had a hard week. And they're, I'm so happy to see you. And you can see there's hurt in their eyes. Mm-hmm. They're just and, crying. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and, like, you know, and, and no one's addressing I'm that. I think that's clown. my. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's my biggest pet peeve is when, yeah. when people don't feel like they can be honest yeah. about their struggles or honest that, you know, it's a hard week. Or, you know, or as soon as you walk through those church doors, you, you know, you may have had a fight with your family on the way to church, but when you walk through those magical front doors, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's one of my biggest pet peeves. See, that's a so, common thread that we've heard a few times yeah. now, yeah. is the lack of genuine uh, emotion yeah. on, a, on the part of the church and the staff and all of that. Yeah. Is there anything more on like the practical side, though, that like if something starts happening in the service, you're like, oh, not this again. You know, like if you hand the mic to Sister Susan, or, you oh, know, not whatever. this as well. Like when they say a why, when they sing a why not tonight, but it's really the morning service yeah. and just yeah. annoys you. You or... know, I, okay, I do, I do have one. When you sing songs that you don't mean, that yeah. is a huge pet peeve of mine. Yeah. You know, when you're singing, uh, like you're singing a song like Oceans. We don't sing that because we're you inland. Know, you know, because <laughs> you know, you know. we're what inland. <laughs> we're landlocked. You know, <laughs> our, our members can't relate to that. Okay, okay. Oh, but, you, when, but even like, like I mean, you know, you sing songs like Trust and Obey. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or you sing songs that are, you know, you're like, and people are singing the words, and like, do you really truly mean those words? I I stand behind this, and I've had a lot of churches ask me this is what kind of music style best reaches the people around us. Mm-hmm. And I say a genuine one. Yeah. That you can sing any song. You can sing songs from the from the first century. And if you mean the words that you are singing, it will be impactful to your audience because that is worship leading. Yeah. You know, so I think worship is my biggest pet peeve. When I get up there and I'm just like, oh, we got to have this 10 to 2 thing, or I don't, I don't do music, so I don't know, you know. He's a dewey. You know, like, I mean, but, you know, like the whole, like, but even I've, I've been to churches that did instrumental music, and you could tell it's about the production of the music and mm-hmm. not singing. Yeah. You know, not singing those words that are so rich. I'd rather have a worship minister that sounds terrible, but he means the words that he says. Well, that's why we hired Heath. And so, because <laughs> he uh, means the words he says. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, not a very good product, yeah. but. No, no, no. <laughs> See, I tried to save him. Well, he's bitter. I tried. He's bitter because he used to do the worship. Yeah. Right. I got, <laughs> we did? I got replaced. He did? So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lo- Logan used to lead? Yeah. Here? No. Nope. Nope. Uh, Does anybody remember that? Uh, sadly not. <laughs> okay, sorry, Clint. We, yeah. kinda, we went off our own little thing salty. Here. This, this like podcast has gotten like salty today. I so feel like a fly on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, 
We've talked about some serious things you, in this podcast. Sure. So You're the real question number five is not that. <laughs> okay. It is it is purely just let's have some fun. Nice. Uh we want it we want a little insight into your crazy. Oh. Right? Because everybody's got some. Yeah. Right? So maybe it's a little OCD, maybe okay. a little guilty pleasure, right? Before you Get up and speak. You're rocking right. the the T Swift back backstage. Okay. Oh, like, like you like, know, he like he can't go out on Sunday until he hears oh, Shania Twain. <laughs> you know, Heath, Heath has a Shania Twain CD oh, in the nice. backstage. Any man, any man. <laughs> yeah. I, do, I certainly do not. <laughs> no, I would not rather drive my head but to a sharp. That's what we want to know. We want to know guilty pleasures, OCDs. Uh, rituals, maybe you're a little superstitious, uh, like never dip and smoke at the same time because you see crazy chinless ladies on the train tracks. Ah! Whatever, whatever you've got, whatever your... I mean, it's a good rule to live by. <laughs> it is. It's a good one. So, all right, what do you got for us? My, oh man, guilty pleasures. Uh, before I speak. Okay. One before I speak is, okay, wow. Uh, I always go through the chorus of Eminem's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you better lose yourself. Lose yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Two in a row. Two in a row. That's awesome. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Well, we just oh, talked man. to Georgia Kennedy. You and Miss Oklahoma. Right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice. That's, that's how she prepped for pageants. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know? In, so you're a beauty queen, Clint. It, oh, you are a beauty well, maybe queen, inside. my friend. Maybe on, on the inside. On the inside. Either that or Georgia's a pastor. Hard to say. Or both. Could go either way. No, I think that song for me, like, represents, like, like, you know, like, you're, you're saying words that are to God, and you're going to have to answer to God. Mm-hmm. You better lose yourself in those words. Yeah. Hey, you know? that's, that's, and, that's fair. And so, you know, yeah. But I listen to the unedited one, so. Because I'm a minister. And, um, and I'll be honest, if I listen to songs of cussing, it's bad. Because I used to be a railroader. I can I don't, I don't need any help with cussing. <laughs> <laughs> I can be a free I don't, and, uh, don't need I to do have that revived. I can do it anytime I want. And so, yeah. So guilty pleasures. I think that's that's maybe one. Um, like, one, uh, one, like, it's not like a, before I, I uh, go to, uh, like, like, it's something that is embarrassing. I, ha- I don't believe in it at all. At all, but if I'm wanting to take a nap mm-hmm. or, or shut everything down, one of my rituals is I will always put on a Bigfoot show. Because a, bi- a big, like t- a Bigfoot, a, bi- a big, like, yeah, a, 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 a Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> yes. Come, come again? Yes. So does that does that yeah. count? Like Harry what? and the Hendersons? Does no. that movie no, 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 count? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Like, uh, like, like finding the, Bigfoot. Yeah, like they're in the legit wood. And the reason why I don't <laughs> believe it, but the reason why <laughs> is because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. That I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so it works. Like, oh yeah, it works. every time. And I'll wake, up, I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh well, we're still in the woods, and they found nothing. Surprising. And then I'll go back to sleep. Uh, I feel, I feel shocked. I feel, I feel, and like yeah, if they ever find anything, I'll be the first to know because I watched those. My wife says our Amazon account looks like a crazy person. <laughs> it's always like Bigfoot or a ghost or I love that kind of stuff. And yeah. it, it truly helps me fall asleep. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, I oh, do yeah. the same thing whenever there's a golf tournament on a Sunday afternoon that oh, I don't no. want to watch. No, yeah. I'll put it on just yeah. because if I'm not interested in who's playing that day. Same level board. You know, I'm like Hideki Matsuyama's in the lead. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm gonna sleep through that. No. Okay, so question five or six. Are we on six, yeah. six. now? Question yeah. six. six. It's going okay. so well. Yeah, we've lost I'm telling you, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's great. So you, you know how like people can come up to you, right? Sure. And and they're trying to be nice, probably. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe. We, we don't know. <laughs> but but they're trying to give you some good constructive criticism because they care about you. 
And so what is the worst, what is the worst constructive criticism you've ever gotten? Like they, it was kind of a backhanded thing almost. At least that's what they yeah. feel like to me yeah. anyway. Corpus Christi, Texas. I'll never forget this guy. He came up to me and he got mad at me for not using the King James Version of the Bible. I said, okay. And I was like, why, why are you so passionate about the King James Version? And he said, because it's in his exact words. It's the Bible that Jesus used. <laughs> it was such a stupid argument that I looked at him and I was just like, "You're right." <laughs> like, Sorry, no, I was, I was just like, perfect sense. I was just looking at him like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "Jesus spoke Greek. He didn't. He spoke Aramaic. He spoke. He didn't speak yeah. old King. He didn't speak." <laughs> Shakespearean English. He oh, and, do it. and he was living this. Yeah. It wasn't written yet. At some point, it wasn't a DVR. It had to be live. You know, yeah. at some oh, and, point. Oh, and also, it was written 200 years after he died. But who cares about that part? So, so, Dave, you've had a question like that, but at least it was a question and oh. not stated as a fact. Oh. Yeah, so I've had almost that same conversation. Before. But you know what I mean? At least they just weren't like, this yeah. is what yeah. it is. At least and they asked. I think I've told this story on one of our episodes before, but I actually had a lady come up to me and ask me which songs from our songbook oh, that really the apostles nice. used. Oh wow! And I, no. it was all, it was all I could unless, do unless to get through this conversation it because was just Glory Land. She, she legitimately <laughs> and I did, my response was, "Listen, they're old, but they're not that old." Yeah, Charles like, Wesley is that's, old. He's not. That's, uh, he's not first century old. <laughs> but it is amazing to me how people oh, they yeah. do they get so passionate. Yeah. With just such bad information. Yeah, oh yeah. And then right. somehow it's your yeah. fault, it's my fault as ministers, yeah. because we don't share the same yeah. the right same right. irrational passions that they do. Irrational. The funny thing <laughs> is, I talked to a buddy of mine, and he spoke at the same church I did a couple, like maybe five or ten years before I did. And I and we were talking about it, and he's like, did a guy come up to you? And I was like, and talk about the King James Version <laughs> of the Bible? It was the same guy <laughs> come up to my buddy and said yeah. the exact same thing. That's awesome. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And it was, yeah, it was funny. It was, I thought that was <laughs> pretty hilarious. That was constructive criticism. I was like, that's good. I was like, sit down, you're going to hurt yourself. That's good. Sit <laughs> down, <laughs> you're going to hurt yourself. Or someone around you. God forbid someone believes I can't, that. I wish yeah, that I could have right. been there. I wish I could have been there when that guy heard about the message for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you're not allowed to mention yeah, the message. That's, well, that's, that's blasphemy. Get out of here. I had, uh, I had I'll just share a random story because it popped into my head. I don't think I've ever told it on here. We actually had a family uh, leave a church I was working at because we were using uh, the story. Right, Max Cato, uh, Randy Frazee. Uh, put put out the story, and a lot of churches went through the story over the years. But because I was actually like talking about the book, the story, which if you don't have a clue what the story is, they took the Bible and then kind of broke it down into like 31, 32 chapters, kind of like a novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be for people that are new to the Bible, easy yeah, to read. It's really good. It's amazing, yeah, it's really and, and they did a great job. And what we were doing was we were just teaching through the Bible, and we would use it. So I would reference the chapter out of the story, but I would also give book, chapter, and verse from the Bible. Yeah. They were so mad that we were using something other than, and I'm sure if they really got out to it, they were mad I wasn't quoting the King James, but that we were using anything other than the Bible. And I'm like, it is the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they quit going to church. And to this day, to my knowledge, they are not active in a church anywhere. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. a bummer. And I'm like, 
You walk out because we didn't use the book you wanted us to use, and now you're just yeah, I take my bong disconnected bong. completely. Yeah. Isn't it funny that people go, like, I don't need community in the Bible? You yeah. Know, they go, I don't need community in church. I'm like, where do you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Go, what Bible are you reading? Because I'm, I'm seeing <laughs> a lot of it. says that in King James and NIV yeah. and Message in any Bible Every you translation. Want, it says yeah. you need me. And yeah, so, exactly. In there yeah. pretty heavily. I, so, <laughs> I did tell a guy one time, uh, we were <laughs> he got mad at me. And uh, for what he got mad at me for, it, I plastered the um, the sanctuary. I went out to the community and got people's why they were you know what are they struggling with right now. Yeah. And we we got about two hundred cardboard boxes. We put it all up in the sanctuary. And a guy got really mad at me for desecrating the sanctuary with all of that. Uh, oh. And, yeah. That the the people around because oh. people were struggling with homosexuality and suicide and all these yeah. things. I don't have a problem, but I have a problem with that one. I'm like, okay, so you have a problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um and he said, Well, Clint, I just I wish you would get it. I said, Well, you know, and he was like, In heaven, I don't think all this is matter. I said, I think it is going to matter because you need to start doing it now. Conforming to other people because they're not going to do what you want to do in heaven. You're going to do what Jesus wants to yeah. do in heaven, mm-hmm. yeah. and I don't think you're going to like heaven very much. Yeah, it's not what you want to do. They're not doing it my way. You no. can hang ugly banners and posters, but yeah. don't you dare, don't you dare hang up somebody's sin yeah. on the wall. Yeah. We can't talk about that sort of thing I in church ever. Over that, so. That was crazy. So, yeah. The church, the church plant. Honestly, it sounds like a pretty cool idea. So, <laughs> we, went, we, we had some really great things. But anyway, but anyway. Yeah. All right. So, this this is my favorite question on the list that I get to ask. And, and it's simply because everybody comes at it from such different life experience. And you're obviously no different to that. But you gather all your peers in a room. So, ministers, church planners, you get them all in a big room, right? And uh, you've got to give them one good piece of advice. What's your advice to them? Mm, that's a good question. My first offshoot thing is to any peer, believer or not, would be this. Don't be lazy. Ooh. Um, don't be lazy. And the reason why don't be lazy is this. Is if you're an atheist and you put in the work, you're going to come to the conclusion there's a God. You're going to come to the conclusion of it. Most of the atheists I meet are lazy. They don't want to do the work. They like the they like the sound of their own voice. Yeah. That's what the problem is. But the same thing with ministers too. Yeah. We like the sound of our own voice, and we don't want to put in the work. I met a minister one uh, recently that was like, "I don't read any books." And I was like, "What do you mean you don't read any books? <laughs> You've thought of everything, you know." And, <laughs> but we can't be lazy. And I think that's what like the outside world when they look at us. And they look at ministers and everything. That's one of the problems they have with us. Is in, and they don't understand a lot of things that we have to go through, which is fine. You know what? Mm-hmm. I don't understand a lot of things that a banker has to go through or anybody like that. But the one thing they could say is, like, I don't understand how Clint does things, but what I can tell you is he works his tail off. Yeah. You know, is that he is always available. He is always there. He gets up at, and this is the part where minister, he gets up at five in the morning to pray. Prayer is important. It's yeah. part of our, not only part of our job, but it's what we're commanded to do, and we're supposed to lead other people in it. We need to be proficient in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so don't be lazy. Uh, you know, they can, they can defute, uh, they can defute what you believe, but they cannot defute your results. Yeah, and so, and that's one of the biggest things that I would give peers. And I wish they would announce that in every to every minister that that gets into the job is that if you're looking for an easy job or you're looking for a cake job, this is not the place for you. Yeah, go get another job. And so, you know, and I think, and I don't know where all of this started. You know, the big joke and. Is you know ministers work one day a week and ha ha yeah. we all do it tongue in cheek and we know and uh, we even had a, a previous guest 
interview, you know, that was one of the things that kind of irked him is when people would crack that joke. And but yet somehow we've done that. We've we've kind of planted that seed in culture that says, you know, ministry's not a hard job, yeah. and you should, you know, you just show up and and as long as you know how to teach a Bible lesson, you're good. And yeah. and we've almost watered it down to where, and especially, I grew up in the Church of Christ. Yeah. vain uh you know we, we don't talk about calling a lot that it's it's very just just a vocation right you yeah. you go to college you get yeah. a degree you get a job and you work your job and that's all it is and you do a good job for an hour or so on sunday and then maybe on wednesday and oh yeah you show up and do a few things in between uh obviously and, sunday night yeah yeah maybe sunday night yeah <laughs> but we don't teach the the commitment level and, and my thing, and, and what I'm always frustrated with when I, when I talk to other ministers, maybe younger ministers, and really, if I'm being honest, older ministers that are struggling, yeah. and, and they love to blame others and complain, and, oh, my elders didn't do this, or I didn't have church support, but it comes back to exactly what you're saying. Yeah. If they're putting in the work, yeah. those guys don't have those same issues. Yeah. Like the guys that are, that are putting in the effort and the time and the hours, it doesn't mean it's easy. But it's a lot harder for people to come at you and be against you yeah. if they know how dedicated you are. Yeah. And the guys that I see, like a Mitch or like you know guys that I've looked up to in my career that have longevity, they're guys that are putting in the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're men and women who are who are dedicated, and I think rightly so. Like, is there a a better calling? Is there a more important boss, no. if you will, yeah. than working for the big guy upstairs? Yeah. Why would you not give everything you've got to that? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, with elders and everything like that, we got to realize that with elders is that elders not their first job. No. They do other jobs, no. and then on top of that, that. And if they're looking at me and going, well, you just do this, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, And, and so we got to, I mean, I, I think that you should read, and this is me personally, I set a, I set a goal of about 25 books a year. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to read. I have to stay on top of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't do book reports or anything like that, but you know, like, I mean, it's important for us to, to have that work ethic and Jesus worked his tail off. Yeah. He was here yeah. all the time. And I mean, in those times where, I mean, the Bible, particularly when it talks about things like he was up super late dealing, yeah. you know, feeding 5,000 people. Well, what was he doing? The next morning he was up early. What, what was he doing? He was praying. Yeah. That's important to Jesus. So if that's important to Jesus, that should be important to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I uh, think here, here's the tack on to that, right? <laughs> After you tell them don't be lazy, tell them to go get a real job for a while. Oh, man. Yeah. Right? It's you know, hard, your yeah. background, you work railroad, that's yeah. a real job. Yeah. Like, that's that's manual labor. Keith comes from, you know, I, I worked uh, retail, which isn't a real job, but it's a job, that's right? right? Yeah. And it's I think there's so much to be said for... Get some real-world experience in the workforce yeah. before you go into ministry, yeah. and it changes how you look at your schedule, how you look at your day-to-day and things like that. But Paul did that. Yeah. Paul was a tent maker. He, yeah. he never was a, like, you know, like, give to me and my... He didn't, yeah. you know, he didn't... He was a tent maker, and I think we got to be willing to do that. You know, yeah. I know I know with this new venture of us going to church planning, a big thing is... And our, I, I've asked other churches for support because our elders said, you need to let other churches be a part of this journey to help change the culture in America. This mm-hmm. could help change that. And But my first response was, I want to go get a job. Yeah. You know, and... But when churches hear that, too, what's really cool about our church 
because they heard that and they're like, that makes us want to help you more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that kind of Well, to your point, so, yeah. though, right? Yeah. If they see how dedicated you are and what you're willing to sacrifice to get it done, yeah. I think it creates buy-in. Totally. And, and people want to want to partner with that. Totally. So I, I think that's awesome. Okay, question number eight. Mm-hmm. Last one. Last one. You've okay. made You've it. You've done <laughs> excellent. Okay? Don't blow it All right. on this last Don't one. try really hard. Okay. Thanks. So, with you working, being in ministry, or whatever, I'm sure you've had it. May not, it may be out, may not be in that. Maybe it was uh, try to ask a girl out. She told you no. I don't know. But what is the the worst no that you've ever gotten, or the best no? <laughs> maybe you're the best, <laughs> best yeah. or worst. Best worst. Like maybe it could be an excuse from somebody that you're trying to use as a volunteer. You know, because we all love rejection. Right, it's, it's so, awesome. What's the most embarrassing rejection you've experienced in your life, or for, it's not, or it's infuriating? Not really what we're asking, or infuriating. And the other side of that is like you know you've been managing people for a long time, especially at the park, right? Yeah. And so you know I know that they've blown some of their responsibilities. That that's kind of what I'm fishing for, pretty hard. <laughs> like I had, to, I'm sorry, Clint, I couldn't make it to the Super Bowl party. I had to go help my uncle mount a plasma TV. Like what you know? What's the what's the nonsensical <laughs> stuff? Oh, man. I mean, in campus ministry, you're always dealing with stuff. People saying no, you know. They're always coming up with a different excuse. I, I really hated it when they didn't say no, but they said maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I always, always, always told them, hey, you want to come to this event? Well, maybe. So all maybe is if something better comes along than we were that. That's mm-hmm. all it is. I need a commitment. You know? <laughs> it's a no and placeholder. So it is, you know. <laughs> and like, uh, but the worst, the best no I ever got was actually from my father-in-law. It had nothing to do with church. Okay, excellent. You uh, said, I would like to marry Kelsey. He said, no. It's exactly what <laughs> happened. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that something funny. I said, I wanted to marry Kelsey, and he said, I'd rather not. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's and, not do that. <laughs> and, he, and it wasn't because of who I was or what I was going into. It was because he wanted to see us graduate high school, yeah. graduate college, high yeah. school, college. <laughs> no, that GED. No, uh, he, wanted us, he wanted us to get a college degree and and I and I respect it and you know in retrospect I really respect him that he said no to that um, my response to that I wish was a little more graceful I said let me rephrase the question I'm going to marry your daughter <laughs> that's that was how I rephrased the question looking looking, looking <laughs> back on that you know it's going to be on really Tuesday cool. we'd like you to be there <laughs> yeah, yeah no but what was really cool is me and my father-in-law now have a fantastic relationship yeah yeah um you know, I respect, and I think what he was, it goes back to the hard work thing. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make sure that I wasn't in this, because uh, I had a lot of different jobs and a lot of different, he wanted to make sure that I was in it and I had his, his daughter's best interest at heart, sure. which I respect fully. Fair enough. You know, yeah. and I absolutely uh, respect it. This is the best no I've ever gotten. No, and I was like, uh, all right, here. And I've always been kind of a jerk. Like, I'm a, in my heart. <laughs> In my heart, I know I'm a jerk. In, just deep <laughs> just down like, in there. Like, you know, like, like I just, I'm that skeptical, like, mm, yeah. You I've, know, I've, like, been, I've been accused. You know? <laughs> oh, my, my wife my wife says I have the worst, like, face in that. that <laughs> just in someone, general? Yeah, when someone says something <laughs> that I don't face. believe, I, got this, I get this look of just like, there's no way that's real. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so that, yeah, so. Good answer. I like it. I like it. Yeah. All right, Clint. So you have made it through the honest eight. We really appreciate you taking some time this uh, this afternoon to, to to come on the pod. We love interviewing different Thanks people from different walks of life. Um, we have a bonus question, and you may not be able to answer it, but we're gonna we're gonna ask you anyway. So, who is the most famous person 
just so that you know, who's the most famous person that you in your phone? Okay, the most famous person I know. Uh, it would have it would have to be Mitch Wilburn. Uh, is one of the fam- most famous. I can't go anywhere, in I mean even my my uh, I went to uh, my in laws church in Granbury, Texas, which is outside of Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and they were like uh, they said, uh, so where do you you know where are you a minister at? And I said the park. They said, oh, you're at Mitch's church, and so they're very like, oh wow, you yeah. know, and, and so yeah, so yeah. Mitch. I mean, in and to be honest, I think he's you know he's one of the best speakers in our brotherhood. I have learned so much from him just being at his feet for like eight <laughs> years. Have been a huge blessing. So I think that's the most famous person in my phone. So yeah. so you uh, you want to call him? <laughs> Uh, just put him on speakerphone. Let's just see if we get him. I, uh, it's probably not going to happen, but let's just see what happens. I, uh, just give about, him a call. Just I, give him a call. I can't, I, He's poking I, and crying over here. Come yeah, on. I I know, I know Listen, I've got his to. number too, so you call him or I will. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I, uh, I will. I, I can't. I'm so sorry. I can't That, call that looks like he's got he, respect for me. I, I do, because <laughs> I know right now he is with someone. At a lunch. Ah, I know that. Okay. And Fair I enough. know that he's Fair working enough. right now. Where is he so, having lunch? What is being? <laughs> I could it's probably society on the it's, it's, it's a road show. <laughs> Taking it on the so, road. Yeah, but that's my most famous person. All right. So, All right. Thank you. Fair guys. enough. So. Fair enough. Well, hey, we appreciate you. Good luck uh, on the church plant. When do you guys head out? We so. head out in mid-May. And so uh, my wife uh, finishes teaching at Mounds Element or uh, high school. In May, and then we are heading out after that. Okay, that's exciting. So people want to uh, support you guys, encourage, help, partner, follow. Uh-huh. How do they? How do um, they keep up with what you're doing? You can reach me by email at c a n d k h i l l. That's c and k hill at gmail.com. Uh, we love support. We love prayers, well wishes, uh, financial support if it comes to that. Uh, but really uh, what we're after is prayer because what we are wanting to do is change the culture of America, and you can't do that alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need right. you need Jesus' help. That's so, it. Yeah. That's it. So. Yeah, so when we get this episode out, we will uh, we'll share those links. Any others you want to send us, we'll... Cool. We'll share those as well and get that out. Uh, but yeah, we just really appreciate Thanks, guys. appreciate the time. Had a lot of fun. Thanks for sharing your story. Absolutely. Uh, you know, some stories are are uh, are easy to tell. Some carry a lot of baggage, but you did it well. Thanks. And we appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability today. And uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Be Honest podcast. Dave, how did you think today's episode went? Felt like I was on spaceship. And uh, I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Uh, it'd be good just to hold them down by okay. your side. Yeah, great. Well, we were real happy with um, with what was going on. And uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, you got to be happy.